this is Rob Coburn, and we are excited that you're joining with us today. If you're a part of the Summit Dover family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at the Summit Dover on all social media outlets and on our website, thesummitdover.com. We can get you plugged into our app or our YouTube channel, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with the Summit Dover family all around the world. I hope this word today encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. What an amazing week last week, Pastor JJ. I've talked to some of you and exactly what uh, she spoke that touched you. And when we honor the gift, we get the prophet's reward. And I think that many of you got a perspective of worship that you've never had before. And uh, man, some of you have shared some very intimate, personal things that are gonna forever change you. You see, services like we have here often, um, because the Lord comes and visits that place, but sermons and messages and times together that we have often can be taken for granted. The miracles, the, the things that he does in our midst as family um, can sometimes be passed by and I was in a meeting once and I remember sitting there and the person said this is all great but if it doesn't change who you are then why'd you come if you aren't going to take the word of the Lord and do something with it So I pray that your worship life has exploded. I've gotten testimonies of people that, that were here last week that had a different experience in worship than they've ever had before this week. Thank you, Lord, for touching them and Holy Spirit for moving in their cars and in their homes. But we have to value the gift and we have to do something with it that, that way we don't go around the mountain again. Amen. Amen. Kick up the lights a little more. We're going to read some scripture and then I believe the Lord wants to do something this morning. Would you turn with me to Matthew 11? Jesus is talking in this scripture. We're going to start in verse 16. For those of you without red letters, Jesus is talking here. And he says this, But to what shall I liken this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to their companions and saying, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We mourned to you and you did not lament. For John came neither eating nor drinking and they say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking and they say, look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is justified by her children. There are people that will hear the gospel and they will feel the presence of God and yet it goes no further. And I want to talk to you from two perspectives this morning about this. There's the perspective of that person. Maybe you're that person in the room this morning. You've been in church for a long time. Maybe you've just been here one week, but you felt the presence of the Lord. You've heard the word of the Lord and you've done nothing with it from the time that you've heard it. And there's this interesting thing that has been on the top of many people's list for about two and a half years and or two years, whatever it is. And it's about vaccines and Vaccines are meant to put a part of something in you so that your body learns to react to that part so that it blocks it from ever happening again. 
And my concern is that sometimes we get so comfortable with the presence of God and good words and and we know that we know the pastor heard the word of the Lord because that one touched me and yet we don't do something with it we don't act on that thing we don't let that change our perspective or change our life or draw us closer to the king and so we can come back time and time and time and time again and not feel anything Verse 20, then he, Jesus, began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done. He's speaking to the cities in which he walked and performed miracles among the people. And he's speaking directly to them. Because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. So if you don't know the, he's saying the people that are in the covenant, you saw the miracles, you heard the word, you witnessed himself, Jesus, in your midst. And he's saying if, because you didn't receive it, if I would have went to those who are outside the covenant, and done the same things, they would have repented in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day, but I say to you that it shall be more tolerant for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. I feel this burden this morning that sometimes we even sit with the Lord every single day and yet it doesn't change us. that we prioritize some things, but we don't allow him to actually enter into the inner court of our lives to change who we are. Because our spirit as believers is whole. Our gateway to the body is the mind, the will, and the emotions of our lives. And so we can be in the place, our physical body can be in a place where Jesus is and yet our soul can be inoculated against the presence of Jesus in that place. Are you hearing me this morning? I'm not accusing anyone. I'm throwing this out there because I believe that in the, in the days to come, that life is not going to last. The life of allowing truth to be poured over and poured over and poured over and not be able to function and do anything with it is going to not be able to happen. We live in a country on this day in 2022 that we can do this freely. Thank the Lord. But there are many around the world, many who have already worshiped around the world, that if they do not take the page in which they were given that week, and allow it to change their life. They may never see that page again because they have to hand it off to somebody else. They have to put it in the trash can at this corner place so that the next person can pick it up and read it. The one page, the one page. And yet we have a book of books that we have access to in this country that maybe sit on the shelf. Jesus is saying here, listen, I, I have been in your midst. You have watched the miracles. You've seen the things. And I tell you, some amazing things have happened in this place over the last 93 years, 95 years, whatever it is. Has it changed you? Has it changed who you are to witness a, a neck being healed, MRI proof? 
feet being healed, marriages being healed, bodies being touched, ears being opened, eyes being opened, all happened in this room. Has it changed you? We often read this portion of scripture, especially as Pentecostals, and we start in verse 12. It says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. I love that scripture. But the violent that take it by force, as we can declare, have to be in alignment. And when truth comes in their midst, it changes them and recalibrates them so that they can be the force in the world that the world needs in that moment. That moment. My concern in my own life is that I haven't been calibrated to the right thing in the right moment sometimes and I've missed the impact that can be made because I haven't been changed every time he's been in the room. Because of distraction, because of other focuses outside, things that need to be done. And this isn't a spirit issue. We can often make things spirit issues that aren't spirit issues. This isn't a body issue, you're here. You show up to these things. It's a soul issue. We put our bodies and our, our spirits and our souls in right places. My question is, is it changing you? Is your, just, I can't tell all the testimonies, I just so want to from last week, but is worship in your vehicle different because of last week when you turn on the Spotify or you're listening to the music and you're worshiping is it changed you when Pastor JJ said she stood on the front row and put her finger in the air and began to see heaven does that change you does it burst something in you a desire to have more of Jesus you see, he's saying to these people, I have a covenant with you. I've been with you. I've demonstrated power. I've healed people. I've preached the good news of the gospel of the kingdom to you. And yet nothing has happened. So it, it leaves me with two conclusions. One, they really weren't in covenant with him personally. So they didn't know him. They, they maybe knew about him. In fact, if they were in the if they were in the church at all, they would have learned from little on up about him. But their eyes weren't open to Jesus in the Old Testament. I'm encouraging you to go back and read the Old Testament and find Jesus on every page because he's there. So maybe they, they were in a, a system that knew about God, but they didn't know God. But Ecclesiastes says it. The same thing happens now. That people can be in a system and they can know about God, but they don't have a personal walk with him. Sharon told a story and I don't want to steal it from you, but there was a little boy out there yesterday for the school supply giveaway named William, correct? Yes. And... Uh, she was playing with him and talking with him and whatever and she said now don't forget oh I will never forget you because you showed me time you cared for me you can get the whole story but I'm just giving you a cliff notes version my question is when you're with Jesus or he's in the room as he is right now I was convicted this week that we often talk about the presence of the Lord but some people are so inoculated to the presence that they don't even know he's here and so they hear the pastor talk about the presence and then they're like oh yeah that's something that I felt it's whatever in the worship in the worship that we just walked through 
his desire is that he is the only one we see. And in times of worship, like we just had the sweetest worship, he's calling for a people to be on their face, to sacrifice everything else, and to be passionately going after him. Turn with me to Luke 18. I want to read this story. I I want you to hear my heart. I I feel like I'm supposed to bring this forth because it affects all of us. This being too comfortable in the presence, to be too comfortable with truth, that we miss it. I want to read you this story, and there's many other accounts of it in other scriptures in the, in the Gospels, but verse 35 Then it happened as he was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. And hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. He asked what it meant. I hear this commotion. I want to know what's going on around me. See, because he could not see, he could sense with all of his other senses more than he could actually see. Sometimes I think that we come to places in our lives where we can see and it actually hampers what we should be seeing. And so we come into places like this and conferences and different things and we go in and we see with our eyes and God says, no, 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 no. I don't want you to see with your eyes. I want you to see with your heart what I'm about to do in this room. Verse 37, so they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. Now, he was seeing with something other than his eyes. He was sensing something was happening. And somebody gave him insight that the person that he had been hearing about, see, his ears were attentive because he knew that that was what he had to rely on. Amen? So his ears were attentive. So he'd heard that Jesus was around. And he heard what Jesus was doing. And when he heard the name, it did something in him. And I want you to underline this verse. Verse 38. And he cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You see, when you're not distracted with your eyes, when you know a little bit about Jesus and he comes by, it should invoke inside of you in your soul, Jesus have mercy on me. Jesus have mercy on me. Now I want you to know when you begin to see with your natural eyes and you're comfortable with Jesus, what can happen? Verse 39, then those who went before warned him that he should be quiet. Who are those going before him? Those walking with Jesus from town to town who'd watched everything that he had done, who'd been in his presence, were telling him, shut your mouth, be quiet. You're distracting from the king. I believe that 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 single verse is one of the most prevalent things in the church today. And he warned him that he should be quiet. 
And my prayer has been all throughout this week that the second part of that verse is the boldness, the force that comes upon a church that is not passive, that is active in knowing that Jesus is near and is willing to do something about it. And so this is what happened when they told him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. As you worship the Lord, as you get in his presence, as you encounter him, don't allow the the comfortableness with him to stop you from actually seeing what he can do with you and through you. He's calling us to so much greater church so much more than we can even fathom, think. I know last week, Pastor JJ said, we're going into a Judea season. I've been praying through that all week. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? If you actually took that note last week, and you haven't prayed about it, my encouragement is that you get a definition before next Sunday of what that means for you. Because seven days have passed. Seven days have passed. What does that season mean for you? I know that in my life, it doesn't just mean I'm going from Dover to Philly. It means we're called our family is called to awaken nations. And my question for you is, what is this season for you? You see, you've walked with Jesus for years. I, I was going through Matthew and it says, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. And you look up the definition of hunger and thirst. Has anybody ever done that? Have you ever looked up the definition of hunger and thirst? I, I often see bumper stickers that say, you know, Jesus, and they got some pretty crazy ones out there now. And even, I'm not talking about all the crazy, crazy ones. I'm talking about the Jesus ones that are crazy. But I've never seen one, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. I've never seen one. Should probably print one now. But I've never seen one. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Why? Because when we go to the food pantry, we, I'm telling you, you've, you, in your subconscious, sometimes you feel this way, that you go to the food pantry and you feel sorry for someone who hungers. Have you felt sorry for someone who hungers? Well, when you think of hunger and the definition of hunger and you can put whatever definition you want. The definition is different than the experience. The definition of hunger, if you know the definition of hunger, raise your hand. You know what it means to be hungry. Raise your hand if you know that. How many of you have been hungry? You've been hungry. You literally did not have any food. You were so hungry, you would have eaten anything anybody put in front of you. This is America, folks. I look around the room. I don't see a bunch of hands going up. You see, until you understand what true hunger is, the definition will lead you astray. Because there's a difference between a definition and an experience. There's a difference between talking about Jesus and actually walking with him. And there's a season coming, and I hope it doesn't happen, but there's a season coming where you may be hungry. The real hunger, not just the definition of what it might be like, but you might actually feel it. And I can tell you that you wouldn't feel sorry for those people at the food pantry anymore. You would feel compassion. It's different. It's different. Because you have stood in their place and now you know what they're walking through. 
And so we're walking in this crazy world of 2022. And there are people that are hungering and thirsting for righteousness. There's people that you, we talked to yesterday morning. There's people in this community that are hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And sometimes, maybe you, maybe me, sometimes we've given them the definition and we felt bad for them for their situation. And I'm asking you this morning, maybe we get in the situation and we feel compassion for them. It says in the Gospels that Jesus went from city to city and out of compassion, he healed them. When we're so comfortable with Jesus inside of a building, when we're so comfortable with Jesus inside of a worship set, when we're so comfortable with Jesus while the pastor's bringing the word, it does something to us or it can, if we're not careful, do something to us to actually take away the compassion for the world that he calls us to have. He's placed you in this moment, in this city, in this region to display his compassion to the world. So let's see what Jesus did. He cried the louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still. If we're supposed to be Christians like Christ-like, then I think that that first part needs to be highlighted in your Bible. There was a need that arose. There was something that needed to happen. Somebody was crying out for Jesus and Jesus did what? It doesn't say he stopped walking. That's different. It says he stood still. And he commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him, saying, what do you want me to do for you? Have you ever been in a place where people of need are there and you assume what they need from you? They come to a school supply giveaway and we assume that they want markers. We assume that they want a backpack. Jesus didn't assume. He knew he was blind. He'd walk that way. He knew. He didn't assume that the guy wanted to be healed. He asked the question. Lord, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Receive your sight, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying him, and all the people when they saw it gave praise to God. There are people that you pass every single day. that in their heart, sometimes with their mouth, but in their heart, they're crying out because they're hungry and they're thirsty. They're bound in sin, but they want righteousness. There's something about sin that makes them uncomfortable and they want righteousness. They want it and the scripture says they will be filled. How's that coming to them? May the declaration of our lives be not passing by those who need help. Not even serving those who need help in the way that we assume they need help. But to be able to stop and ask the question, what do you need? You see, there were some students around here yesterday that came for a backpack. And then... We were walking last night and walked around the neighborhood and we saw some students that were here that got backpacks. And my wife, compassionate, loving, stood for an hour and talked with them. And I came in the last little bit because I wasn't here, but they were here on this property. But their cry of their heart, yeah, the backpack was a good thing, but the cry of their heart was someone to love them. 
And I asked the Lord this morning, I said, that was the most amazing conversation. We got to pray with them. It was totally awesome. But why did we miss it in the morning? Because their parents were with them. We require the parents to be here. Why did we miss it in the morning, Lord? He said, you didn't stop. And he didn't ask what they had need of. Now, maybe it would have happened. Maybe it wouldn't have happened. I don't know. But what I do know is, is that oftentimes we get so busy doing the things that we want to do, the things that we've always done, the things that we feel compelled to do, the good things. Jesus was about doing good things, amen? He was walking from city to city doing good things, but he stopped and he said, what do you have need of? You see, I think, I think that if we actually talk to people in this community and ask them that question, the ministry that you have that you feel like is so good would actually explode because they don't really want the bag of socks, although that's amazing. They really want something different. And the cry of everyone's heart, because we're all created in the image of God, the cry of everyone's heart is to actually meet the Father through the Son. And the Holy Spirit is your helper. The Holy Spirit will guide you into conversations. The Holy Spirit will lift up when you're broken. And he will reveal Jesus at every turn. So I want to ask some questions. And Caitlin, if you want to come up and whoever else is going to do this. But this morning I know, I know it's a call higher. I I don't want it to come across as frustrated because I'm not at all. I just want us to go higher. I want us to stop. And I want us to ask, what do you have need of? I feel that the churches let the government do a lot of things we should be doing. But I don't think the government will ask, what do you really have need of? Especially with the answer being, we have access to everything as sons and daughters. So if you'd stand with me this morning. I know last week, Pastor JJ gave an altar call. I do that as well. If you have never met Jesus, if you've been one that has walked with him but never met him, you know, there were people that walked with him. They went, they were fed. They, they saw miracles, they walked with him, but they never actually made him Lord. If that's you, then this morning, I just, I compel you to make today the day that you say he is Lord and he will be Lord. And I'm actually making a transfer. You know, God doesn't change you. He replaces you. He doesn't take all your brokenness and fix it and leave you in a broken spot. No, he actually completely changes you. You're a new person, a new creation. If you've never walked that road, then do it this morning. Just come forward if that's you. But if you're in the room and maybe something spoken this morning has talked to your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. Maybe worship Maybe what you learned last week hasn't changed your worship life and you want to come and actually just lay down whatever is distracting you. Maybe in the room you have had this brokenness that's hung on for a long time. The Lord wants you to be free. Maybe in your body, it's not lining up to what the word says or what the spirit says, then come forward. We'll lay hands on you. We'll agree with you. As we enter into another session of worship, I, I know there's a need in the room to encounter Jesus more than you've ever encountered him. Some of you are born again, not baptized in the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you don't have it, is this, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to help you tell people about Jesus. Nothing to be afraid about. If you don't know how to share Jesus and you're all weirded out about it, my ask for you is, do you have the Holy Spirit? Because he's the one that tells you how. So if you want that, that's here too. 
He is the answer to every question. I could go down through a hundred different scenarios. He's just the answer, and he's here. He's here right now. So as they sing and as they worship, if you're feeling compelled by the Holy Spirit to make a move, to accelerate your life in any way, then come forward. If you haven't made him the Lord of your life, do that too. If not, if that's none of you, then in your seat or up here, what Pastor JJ planted in you last week. My prayer is as we worship together, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, that he becomes so real to you that you have to come and you have to be on your face because that's who he is and that's what he desires of you. So the altars are open as we worship. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. We worship you. Pray in the Spirit. Don't let this drop. Take me. 
purify me shape me mold me use me 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 purify me Jesus to all that's left is you purify me Purify me, purify me, till every blemish is gone. Purify me, purify me, purify me. I want to look like you, purify me. Be the bride to you, purify me, make us fresh, make us new, purify me. We are the bride to you, purify me, a living sacrifice. Would you take all that I am, every part of me, I surrender, Ooh, every part, Ooh, every emotion, every thought. I surrender to your heart Every emotion, every thought I surrender to your heart, Jesus Purify me Father, we thank you. We thank you that you love your kids. Jesus, may we never take for granted being with you, hearing from you, healing with you, delivering with you, all that you've called us to be. Draw us near as we draw near. Father, ignite a fire in every single person. May they see the neighborhoods around them. May they see the city in which they live. May they see the workplace in which they spend most of their life, may they see it and ask the question, what do you need from me? And Holy Spirit, guide those conversations that the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the gospel of the kingdom would be made manifest in those conversations. And that through our obedience, you would build your church. Come, Lord Jesus. The hour is short. May we not be distracted, but may we be empowered. Thank you, Lord.
Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. May you have an amazing week. Celebrate what God's doing in lives of people. You stay in worship, you're fine. Don't move until he says to move, but be encouraged that God is doing something. God's moving in this place, in you. All around the room, I see faces. He's moving in you and in your life. Don't take it for granted. Lean in. When he draws near, lean in. Have an amazing week as you go. Look for those conversations to ask the question. If you enjoyed today's message, I would like to encourage you to like it and share it on all social media platforms or jump on the website, thesummitdover.com or the app and click the giving link and help us continue to share the message of the kingdom across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.